Welcome to the online sermons at King Street Church. Feel free to listen or watch online at kingstreetchurch.com. We're located at 162 East King Street in the heart of Chambersburg, PA, and would love to see you in person at one of our five Sunday services at 8.15, 9.45, or 11 a.m. We certainly hope you enjoy this morning's message. Well, Merry Christmas Eve. All the way back out into the narthex lobby, foyer, narthex. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. Would you guys mind, I, Ron, I really appreciated the word you used in your prayer. Wow. Good word. I, would you guys just mind if I grabbed a selfie here of y'all? I'm just, everyone say hi. Hey, woo. I'll put that on Facebook this afternoon. Wow. I love this. What a beautiful day, Christmas Eve day. Yesterday, my wife told me, although she just told me she didn't come up with this, I thought she had. Yesterday was Christmas Adam because Adam comes before Eve. I thought that was good. (laughs) But she owned up that that wasn't her original. I thought it was. That was good. And yesterday, in addition to being Christmas Adam, was our 28th wedding anniversary. So, woo! 28, just getting started, baby. That's right. We got married on the 23rd of December because uh, my wife was a teacher. She was teaching, what year? Uh, first grade that year? Second grade that year? And... Um, we, uh, we, we, you know, with, with a teacher's schedule, you either kind of do it, if you want a nice honeymoon, you do it right there at Christmas, or you wait until the summer, and uh, I was not at all in the mood to wait until summer. So <laughs> we got married at Christmas and had a beautiful honeymoon. Uh, I was out in California is where we, where we got married. So, well, I just, what a beautiful day, and we have uh, been celebrating Advent. Now, I grew up uh, in a Baptistic church, a Baptist church, and we actually didn't have Advent. I don't know about you, but there were not a, a ton of churches, even 30 years ago or 25, whatever, that were celebrating Advent very much. It was more of, kind of felt like more of a Catholic tradition, uh, Orthodox tradition. But, you know, honestly, kind of what happened was, you know, we just celebrated 500 years of the Reformation and Honestly, what happened five years ago, you've heard the phrase, the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater. That's kind of what happened with a lot of traditions uh, that go along with the church calendar, like Advent. The baby kind of got thrown out with the bathwater, where, um, where there wasn't, uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't celebrating these traditions. But I am so glad that Advent, this season of Advent, the four Sundays leading up to lighting the Christ candle on Christmas Eve, uh, that we celebrate this now. It's rich and beautiful and how we, uh, we celebrate. Oh, doink, 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 doink. Anybody up there can hit the button for me. There we go. Okay. Uh, Any more? Okay. Um, and hope. You know, we lit the, the hope candle four Sundays ago and love. Good, we're working now. Love, uh, we wrote 
uh, wrote, didn't write, lit the uh, love candle. Joy, I think it's cool that joy is set apart by a different color. It's the pink candle, and I've always kind of loved that, that joy takes on its own distinct flavor, and how tonight we're going to light the Christ candle for uh, unto us is born a child. What child is this? And I do hope you come back today at 3, 5, or, or 7 to celebrate the lighting of the Christ candle. But this morning, we have lit the peace candle, the candle of peace. Now, I am a child of the 70s. I mentioned that at the Christmas program a few Sundays ago. I was born in 1963, so from 7 to 17, I was, the 70s were my childhood, you know, Bee Gees and Eagles and all kinds of really the best music probably ever written, but um, <laughs> right? You got to stick together. And uh, but so when we when I think about peace uh, as a product of the 70s, guess what kind of symbols come into my mind, right? You know, peace. That was uh, I can remember trying learning how to draw that on my notebook. You know, I got the fingers over and the thumb, and uh, my my childhood elementary. And the peace. These really were kind of a reaction to the Vietnam War, right? That's kind of where a lot of these symbols uh, came out of that, that era of the early, mid-70s. And that's kind of what peace meant to me in a way as a child. I guess I hadn't thought about it much beyond these symbols. But Merriam-Webster describes this. Peace is a state of tranquility or quiet. It's an interesting word, state. <laughs> you know, I've lived in a number of states. I've lived in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Washington and California and Iowa and Illinois, and I have yet to find this state of tranquility or quiet. Probably didn't help that we had six kids, but... Um, Peace, a state of tranquility or quiet. Freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Boy, doesn't that get right to it. It's what happens in that space between our ears, right? That battle that goes on where in our minds and, and our hearts looking for peace. All someone has to say is one negative word and, and it can just erase all of the peace and all of the positive. Or harmony in our personal relations. You know, in this crazy world that we live in, and it is a mad, 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 mad world, is peace even possible? It's the question I want to ask. And I want to say that I am not the only one asking that question or this question. Take a look at this video. When will it end? Every morning we're greeted with a storm of conflict, tension and strife blaring at us from the TV screen, the radio, social media, the news on our phones. Every day the world is ending somewhere. Here an earthquake, there another senseless act of violence. 
Today, a war across the sea, and tomorrow, a war of wills inside the four walls of your own home. How long, O oh Lord? Rioting in the cities, injustice, corruption. It seems like it's all getting worse and not better. creation is groaning, longing to be restored and made whole again. When you groan as you read the latest headlines about political unrest or sudden bloodshed, you're tapping into something implanted deep in the souls of all living things. You were made to long for peace. It's not supposed to be this way. When you yearn for peace and wholeness, for the shalom of all peoples, you're aching to see the kingdom come on earth. And that's the good news that was announced to the shepherds in Bethlehem, and that Jesus himself later told his followers, the kingdom we long for has come and is even now breaking into this world. It's called already, but not yet. On that winter's night in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, the Prince of Peace was born into this world as a herald of the good news, which is for all people, the sign of God's love, the seal of our redemption, the promise of eternal life, an initiation of a new reality, and a fulfillment of the coming kingdom of peace, in which every tear shall be wiped away, and there will be no more suffering or death. Because of Christ, we can have peace in our hearts, the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding while we await the final, the universal peace at the consummation of the kingdom when it comes in glory. This Christmas, through Jesus, we have peace. That's good. The already and the not yet. It's where we live right now, in that in-between times of between the first advent and the second advent of Jesus. We were made to yearn for peace. And on that winter's night in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, the Prince of Peace was born into this world. Let's look at it again, can we? Luke chapter 2. Would you join me in Luke chapter 2? Let me read for us once again this account that Dr. Luke has given us. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, engaged, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no 
guest room available for them. I mentioned I'm a child of the 70s. I'm going to have Linus tell you the rest of the story. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Hmm. Yes, that was my favorite TV show, Christmas special, as a child. And did you notice that uh, I, can't, I can't document if there was ever another time when Linus dropped his blanket. But did you notice when he dropped his blanket? It's when he said the words, fear not. Isn't that good? <laughs> Do you understand the significance of that? What was that blanket for Linus? Come on, security blanket. And yet, the one time he was willing to drop his blanket is when he declared, fear not. For unto you is born this day a child. And he was finished. He picked his blanket back up. That's the meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. Today, in the town, say it with me, today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, Christ, the Lord. I want to break this down real quick because this is so rich. Every word, every phrase, today, church, I want you to understand, this was a real day. This was real history when this happened. So real, in fact, that our calendar reflects the night that Jesus was born. Whenever you write 2017, what are you acknowledging? What is the world acknowledging? Come on. That Jesus was born into this world. Everything before that morning was B.C., before Christ. Everything from that day on is lived out anno domini, A.D. Do you know what that means in Latin? In the year of our, what? Lord. Wow. History records the reality that this was a day planned way in advance. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says, but when the set time had fully come, I love that. Not only was this a just a day in history, this was a perfect day in history with regards to the upper story of God's plan. When the time set had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, 
Christmas, today, in the town of David. Let me say it again. This is not Narnia. This is not Middle Earth. This is not a galaxy far, far away. This is real. Bethlehem, 5.3 miles due south of Jerusalem. This was a place planned far in advance. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. By the way, there are two Bethlehems in the land of Israel. One six miles to the northwest of Nazareth, and there is one 5.3 miles south of Jerusalem. Just to be sure, this is Bethlehem, Ephrathah in Judah. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, penned by Micah 700 years before it ever happened. Today, in the town of David, a Savior will be born, has been born to you. Savior, if you've ever sinned against God, you need a Savior. Messiah, Messiah, the word Christ in Greek, means long-awaited one, the one long-planned for. Lord means total and complete authority. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Savior, Messiah, Lord, that's the announcement that the angels made to the shepherds that night. Just to say it again, on a real day in history, in a real city called Bethlehem, there came into this world a Savior to take away all our guilt, the long-awaited Messiah to fulfill all our hopes, the Lord to defeat all our enemies. That's the announcement. And the purpose, the purpose for this news is twofold. Look at verse 14. It's easy to read right over these words and to just think of them as part of the season. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's the purpose. Actually, those are the purposes of this news. What are they? First, Glory to God in heaven. The purpose of Christ's coming into this earth first and foremost is to give glory to God. And second of all, it is to bring peace to us on this earth. To put it another way, ever ascending praise from man to God and ever descending peace from God to man. Some of you from more reformed churches might be aware of what's called the Westminster Catechism. You might have had to memorize it as a child. And it, it, the first statement, a catechism, means uh, kind of um, uh, a curriculum, things that were taught, things that were believed and held firm to. First question of the catechism, what is the chief end of man? Why are we here? Talk about a big question. And the answer is this. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. 
when we think about the purpose for this news, was God's greatness and our happiness, God's beauty, our enjoyment, God's acclaim, our praise, God's glory, our peace. This is the, the good news of God in a verse. Glory to God in, on the highest and peace on earth to those whom God has laid his favor. Just note, by the way, this is not peace that is produced in this world. If I were to describe this statement right here, this is the hinge for this whole message right now. Because peace, I'm going to tell you right now, does not come from this world. John chapter 14, I appreciate Suzanne reading it earlier. Peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give you. Listen to this next phrase. I do not give to you as the world gives. You see, we don't, Get peace from this world. We find our peace in Christ. Through Jesus Christ is how we are given peace. First of all, peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Listen to what Paul wrote. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We are made right with God through our faith in God, trusting him, believing in him, knowing that he's there and real and alive and on his throne and can control through faith in Christ, we are justified. And through that, we have, here you go, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The peace of Christ, when we receive Christ in our hearts, we are given a peace that this world cannot give. It is a peace that is a gift from God himself, and it is peace with God himself. We also have peace with ourselves. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, through prayer, talk to God, every one of you, every one of us, prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And here's the result. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do you hear it? This is not a peace that comes from this world. This is a peace that comes as a gift from God into our hearts when we receive Christ. We have peace with God. We have peace with ourselves. And we have peace with others. Romans chapter 12, verse, it's not 8, it's 18, says this, Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We have peace, the capacity to live in peace, to be at peace in our hearts with God and with others. This is a gift from God. Isn't there anyone who understands What Christmas is all about, Charlie cried out. 
And what's the answer? What did Linus say? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about. Charlie Brown. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is why Jesus came on a day to a city as the Savior, Messiah, and Lord that God would receive glory and that you would receive peace. May the God of peace give you peace and get his glory. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. I just have to add here that this lettering actually is my son's who just got married. He wrote this on his little apartment wall. Him and Carissa live down in Greenville, South Carolina in a little one-bedroom apartment. No fireplace, no place to put stockings, tiny little three-foot Charlie Brown tree. And yet, my son and his wife are both artists. And this is what, they, they took a wall of their apartment, painted it with chalkboard paint, and made their own fireplace. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And hung their stockings. Peace on earth. You know, peace on earth, that's right. Uh, we, we sang a song right before I got up here called, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I just want to tell you just a little bit more about that song. It's written by one of the great poets of all time, a guy by the name of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. You ever heard of him? I heard of him as a child because my dad, who was classic, he was a pastor, he was kind of, did any of you have dads that had like these classic jokes that they always told that you always tried to laugh, but it was like, huh? My dad would say, I'm a poet and I don't know it, but my feet show it, they're long fellows. All right, there you have it. So it's in my brain deep. But the story of Longfellow, he lived back in the 1800s. And in 1861, his beloved wife, second wife, lost his first wife, remarried, was married to his second wife for 18 years. And in 1861, I don't know the whole story, but somehow her dress caught fire and he couldn't save it. She died of burns. And uh, Longfellow was quoted as saying, you know what, if I end up in an insane asylum, it's out of my horrific grief for the loss of my wife. He and his wife had six children. The oldest was Charlie. And Charlie, this was 1863, March, Charlie wanted to fight in the Civil War. He wanted to fight for his country. But he knew that his father was grieving so much that he would never let him go, his oldest son. And so Charlie basically left in the middle of the night, grabbed a train from New England, and rode 400 miles down to Washington, D.C., and enlisted in the army, the Civil War. Then telegrammed his dad and said, I, I had to do this, dad, and I knew you wouldn't let me go. He wasn't in the service for more than a, a month when he came down with typhoid fever. 
and he almost died, took months, missed the Battle of Gettysburg because he had typhoid fever. Got well in the fall, and in November was in a skirmish in the Civil War and got shot through the shoulder. But it wasn't front-to-back shoulder. It was side-to-side shoulder. And by a stroke of a miracle, it missed his spine, and he was not paralyzed by millimeters. And he got back to home just before Christmas of 1863, and Longfellow went out on Christmas morning, and he wrote a poem. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play. It's in music sweet, the tones repeat. There's peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. For Christ is here, his spirit near, bringing peace on earth, goodwill to men. For when men repeat, repent, and turn from sin, the Prince of Peace then enters in. And grace imparts within their hearts his peace on earth, goodwill to men. O souls amid earth's busy strife, the word of God is light and life. Oh, hear his voice and make your choice. Hail peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then happy, singing on your way. Your world will change from night to day. Your heart will feel the message real of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Dear Jesus, We humble ourselves before you today. Living in a broken world, God, the world has not changed in the 154 years since Henry Longfellow wrote that poem, wandering the streets of his New England town as the Civil War raged on. His wife had perished. He was in deep despair. His son was now recovering and clinging to life and still the hope that he would not be paralyzed for for life and yet this man walked the streets heard the bells and said no no i can't celebrate christmas how can i My heart is in despair, and yet even then and there, he cried out, Lord God, I repent. Fill my heart. Peace is not in this world. Peace is in you. Come and fill my heart. Fill my pain. Fill my desperation. Fill my loneliness. Fill this ache deep in my soul. Jesus, there is no peace on this earth outside of you. But Lord God, that he could say, happy then, my soul will sing. Because the Holy Spirit has entered in. Jesus, come now. You have not just come to us. Might you come in us. Fill us with your peace. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this morning's message. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to contact us using our online form on our website at kingstreetchurch.com or by calling us here at 717-264-4651 during our regular business hours. Be sure to stop by and see us in person at one of our five Sunday morning services, 8.15 a.m., 2 at 9.45 a.m., as well as 2 at 11 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there.